Hello, everybody. I welcome you around the world here in our nice office in Welby in Copenhagen in Denmark for our Q2 2018 interims report. Let us start directly with the key highlights. We had a very strong order intake in minerals, not only in CapEx, in aftermarket too. We had uh, improved profitability, but a negative cash flow. And we went with a new operating model um, on 1st of July this year alive. Market outlook, ongoing positive aftermarket momentum, mining CapEx continued quite positive trend, stable outlook for cement. We keep the guidance maintained on all areas. Before we go into um, our technical and financial figures, we are always um, informing about our safety performance. Safety is unbelievable important for us. We could change the trend out of the last few quarters back on that what we are used to in the last few years to improve it. We delivered up year to date a 2.9 TRIFR, which is definitely an improvement against 2017 and definitely below the target what we put for 2018. This is a result out of a stronger focus and a lot of investments monetary-wise and time-wise from our organization. Well done. Then the other part, what we are proud of to present, is, of course, the innovation what we bring to the market. This time, it's not about one single unit. It's about a plant. It's about a modular plant. What are we doing here? We do, with that modular plant, immediately recovery of valuable commodities out of mining waste material. If we take chrome out of platinum waste as an example, we can build up that modular plant within a few weeks. We can go immediately alive, immediately produce chrome, what is sellable to the market. With that, we reduce the waste uh, exposure. With that, we increase the productivity of our customers. This is very important with our productivity improvement scheme. On top of it, we can offer an outcome-based business and payment model. That means as much as produced, as more of that money we would get paid. If we then look into the financial figures, first into the revenue split for the quarter two, 2018. Mining slightly up versus quarter one with 58% of the total, with an EBITDA margin of 9.9 and 742% of the total with an EBITDA margin of 49 as always, I remind and I inform that the return on capital employed in cement is far above 20%. We see in the capital business versus the service business that capital is slightly starting to increase. And that is related, of course, with the good momentum in the mining industry for the capital business. If we then look into the order intake on the next slide, you see on the left side, the total order intake for the group divided in service as well as capital order intake and the red line describes the revenue. We had a very good quarter for the order intake. It's 10% up versus quarter two 2017 without any large order in the quarter 2018. Service order intake was up too. It is actually on a good level, but we see that the momentum what we have in the mining industry and and the cement industry for smaller parts are really taking care or taking off. If we then looking to the right side of the slide, by division, we see an 
order intake organically, an order intake for customer service of 6% and product companies flat and in minerals in fantastic 109% growth in order intake organically. And in cement, 11% down, only 11% down. Let us start with cement. In cement, we had quite a good run on smaller and mid-sized orders and couldn't repeat one large order what we had in the quarter two, 2017. In minerals, we had no large order in the second quarter in, but quite a lot of uh, sizable mid-sized orders in the quarter. And with a growth of 109% organically, this is a fantastic good performance. The order intake in the product company dropped a little bit in with minus 5%, nil percent in the organic growth. And that has to do with the non-repeat of larger orders of environmental technology and what we call the air tech business. And the order intake for the aftermarket or for CS actually performed on a quite good level. With that to the market outlook, let us start with mining. Definitely continued positive uh, demand trend. We see that what was discussed, what was out in pre-feasibility studies and feasibility studies now goes into CapEx. We have a positive outlook for 2018. Activities is more or less in all commodities, large interest in copper and gold, but we see, for example, in minerals material handling interest rising too. There is an increased OPEX-related spend, but everything what we do, if it's CapEx, if it's OPEX, it's all productivity improvement related. If we then look into cement, cement has selected opportunities in the different uh, regions in the world. And you saw maybe on um, Saturday that we announced that we undersigned the contract in middle America for two larger uh, cement uh, orders. Important to look when we, or important to see in cement is that despite the fact that we only have a few tenders for large orders out, and despite the fact that we have intense price competition still ongoing, not more, not less than before, we see quite a good level of mid-sized order opportunities in the market. The customer focus here is, of course, production cost and environmental footprint, actually the same or similar like in minerals or in mining, where we have the productivity improvement as the main theme. If we then look into the financial performance, Lars, please. <coughs> Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Thomas. And um, when we look into the numbers for the second quarter, there is one important point that really explains uh, where we are and, uh, and the full year, and that is uh, the difference between our order intake like and our line and our revenue line. We had uh, a strong order intake, as Thomas mentioned, with uh, more than five billion in order intake. Uh, revenue was uh, again uh, below, our, below our order intake, and that really explains uh, quite a, a bit of uh, our numbers, and we'll get back to that. Uh, order intake was up 10%, revenue up 3%, EBITDA up 12%, uh, profit was up 124% with a more or less unchanged uh, number of employees, and we'll go through the details in the coming pages. When we come into the cash flow, this is uh, one of the weak spots in our numbers. Um, as uh, announced, we had uh, to pay out some settlements uh, related to some legacy projects that cost us more than 200 million, which hits our quarter two. 
So you can see change in provisions is a cash out of, uh, of 300 million. Uh, working capital was a cash out. Uh, we will explain that on uh, the future pages, but uh, it is very much related to the orders we have booked and how we are in the face of executing these. Then uh, if we go down to uh, investments, uh, we bought a foundry in, uh, in US where, that we have historically leased. Uh, that happened in, uh, in quarter two. So uh, there was a cash outflow of nearly 100 million from that uh, acquisition of that foundry that we have uh, been operating for many years. <clears throat> we also had uh, 60 million of cash in from, uh, from the Sandwick acquisitions of mining systems. If we turn into uh, the revenue line, if you look at the left-hand chart, uh, this is a, a key chart. You can see for, uh, for quite a while we have been, uh, been booking more orders than we've had revenue, which of course indicates that in coming periods we should see a pickup in, uh, in revenue. And in particular, when you look at the guidance for the full year, um, this higher order intake than revenue is really what explains uh, how you can get from uh, the 8% we've had uh, year-to-date to, uh, to the midpoint of the guidance where we should get some operating leverage out of that. If you look into the four divisions, uh, uh, customer service and product companies were slightly down. You saw a good pickup in, uh, in mining and uh, higher revenue in cement too. And of course, these uh, developments gives us uh, an adverse mix when we start to talk about uh, gross margin. When we look for the remainder of the year, uh, we see increasing uh, revenue in both customer service, product companies, and minerals, uh, and slightly more flattish development in customers uh, in, uh, in cement. Uh, so mix should uh, should improve a little bit uh, during the rest of the year. If we look into gross profit, we went down uh, 0.4 uh, compared to last year. The, the majority is what I explained about the mix between uh, the four divisions. When you look into uh, the four divisions, uh, CS and uh, customer service and product companies more or less uh, on uh, the same level as last year, we saw a drop in minerals. Uh, we had some extra cost to uh, finalize a project, uh, so that's in the numbers for uh, the second quarter. In cement, you see quite a good uh, increase compared to last year. Uh, in last year's numbers, we had some one-off uh, costs related to O&M. Uh, so uh, year on year, if you take out the the one-off cost in last year's, there is uh, only a slight in improvement in cement. SGNA costs. Uh, SGNA cost is slightly down compared to last year. If you adjust for currencies and uh, and um, and one-off cost, we are slightly up. So this is a key point in, in our number to, uh, or in what we do to get that down for the remainder of the year. If we look out in the rest of the year, we expect SGNA to run at uh, a level that is in between what we had in the first and the second quarter. So there was a little bit more cost in the second quarter than what we believe is uh, the run rate number that we have in our, in our numbers. We continue to focus on deploying more sales resources where we can find growth and uh, taking efficiencies out in admin cost. So that remains a priority for us. EBITDA margin is up from 7.5 to 8.1. If we look into the bridge, uh, we had a number of one-off costs last year, uh, so that improved the result uh, by 92 million. Uh, revenue was higher. 
we had a deterioration in gross margin of uh, uh, 77 million. It's due to uh, to mix as well as uh, as the cost we had in minerals to close out some uh, one project. Uh, and then we had a slightly increasing SGNA cost. If we look into uh, to working capital, uh, if you compare the working capital level to the same period last year, you can see we are down uh, uh, 500 million. Uh, the ratio increased somewhat compared to first quarter, and uh, and of course this is a key priority for us to maintain the, the downwards trend we've had in the last couple of years. Uh, if we go into the components, we had uh, in the second quarter an increase in inventories. Uh, this inventory build-up is really to deliver on the order intake that we have taken, in particular in CS and uh, product companies. Uh, so it's a natural consequence of the order intake. Uh, no alarms in, uh, in that number. Uh, trade receivables was more or less unchanged in the second quarter, but down uh, compared to, uh, to the end of last year. So uh, good performance here. Uh, where we had an, another increase is in uh, the VIP assets and the prepayments, uh, and these uh, follow so like the normal patterns of uh, of how we execute projects. Uh, so sometimes we have some milestones payments, sometimes we uh, milestone invoicing, uh, sometimes we don't. And in this uh, quarter, we did not meet a lot of uh, uh, invoicing milestones, and that's what explains uh, the increase. Uh, there are no. Uh, no nasty surprises in, in working capital. That is not related to the ordinary course of business. So, uh, so we will get this uh, back on a downwards trend for, for the remainder of the year. Our capital structure is in line with all measures, 37% equity ratio, 1.2 times net debt to EBITDA. What's worth to point out on, on this page is the increase we had in net debt, uh, so in the, the right hand of, uh, of the chart, you could see our net debt went up uh, quite a bit in the second quarter. Uh, we paid the dividends. We had uh, the negative CFFO, uh, where we settled uh, the old uh, legislative uh, uh, case we had, uh, and then we acquired a foundry. And this really explains uh, the negative movement we had in, uh, in uh, net debt in the second quarter. Uh, we expect the downward trend to, uh, to return in, in the remainder of the year. Uh, if we go to return on capital employed, we increased from 9.8 to 10.4. Uh, and as we look out through the remainder of the year, uh, we will get more operating leverage uh, as we get higher revenue. Um, that will, will give us a higher EBITDA and therefore drive a, a higher return on capital employed. So to summarize, the, the key for, for the rest of the year is really that we have had higher order intake that will translate into higher revenue. Uh, and when we keep our SGNA cost uh, at the same level as we'd had in the first half, um, we should get more operating leverage and our EBITDA margin should come up in the remainder of the year uh, and also the return on capital employed. And with that, over to you, Thomas. Thanks a lot, Lars. So we went live with a new operating model 1st of July. And the new operating model is actually out of four divisions into two industries and seven regions. The two industries, cement and mining, what we cover, they own and they develop the life cycle offerings what we have for our customers. The regions are owning the customer relation and selling and serving this life cycle offering. This new organization will enable us with a common way of working in digital to take a leading function in digitalization in both industries. In these areas where we need that to go 
and to communicate with our customers and to make our whole business, whole business environment digital. Group functions are supporting the industries and the regions. Important to say is that we see and we feel and we think it's proven with the high order intake what we see and the activity level on us in cement as well as in mining, that it's the right way to get closer to the customer, to tackle regional differences, as well as promoting more and more the productivity provider number one position, what we need to have to be market leading. If we then look in the restated historical data for mining and cement reporting segments. On the left side, you have the mining with the revenue bar and the order intake bar, as well as the red line for the EBITDA margin, starting in 2004 to 2017. It is actually a kind of a role model of that what happened in the mining industry in a cycle. Coming from a low point to another low point, coming from 2003, 2004, into 2017, 16, 17, where we had the mining trough. And what you see is that the trend of the EBITDA is going out of that recession more positive, and we are definitely positive on the growth rates to come in the next few years, as well as the profit improvement. Then on the right side, we have cement. The same from 2004 to 2017, with revenue order intake and the EBITDA line. And there you can see that the boom time actually ended in 2008 in reality for the cement industry. That means we are for 10 years in a kind of a slightly up and down situation. And we kept, as F.L. Schmidt, our business quite stable. But we informed in 2016 that we need more to do internally to get the profitability up what we do. And that trend of slight increased profitability relatively to the mining uh, EBITDA run, you will see onward uh, going with our company. Out of that, I would like to come to the management agenda. And you know that on the left side of that slide, we give a trend to the quarter two 2000 and, uh, comparison, 2018 to 2017. There we clearly can say our return on capital employed is up, our order intake is up, despite lack of large orders, our EBITDA is up, our networking capital is up, despite the fact that the networking capital versus quarter one is uh, worse. What is positive, what I said at the beginning, our safety record is better than before. We have only one slight deterioration, and that is on the delivery in full on time, um, regarding uh, an 88 to an 87% performance, which is still on a good level. Now to the strategic focus areas to be the productivity provider number one, which creates us and which gives us the possibility to run on a high order intake, then we're following good revenue and profitability, is only to realize if we focus on customer innovation, digitalization, people and sustainability. With the organizational change, we do that intensified on the customers. Innovation, we do quite a lot. Since quite a while, we have leading position there. Digitalization is a big part of that reorganization, and people, of course, do. And sustainability is a key mark for us to go forward. The short-term activities to expand uh, in wear parts, to grow the products, to standardize more, is built into that new organization to improve that more, as we already do, 
and we see definitely positive development in all of these three areas. Out of that, um, to the group guidance for 2018, we keep the group guidance and of course, as we communicated, we see the second half of the year, as we had it in 2016 and in 2017, stronger, financially stronger, especially through the leverage on higher revenue. With that, to summarize the key highlights for the quarter two, very strong order intake, in, uh, especially in minerals, new operating models since 1st of July, improved profitability, negative free cash flow, and total guidance maintained. Thank you. So we would like to open up for questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please dial zero 01 on your telephone keypads now to enter the queue. Once your name is announced, you can ask your question. If you find it's answered before it's your turn to speak, you can dial zero 02 to cancel. Once again, that's zero 01 to ask a question, or zero 02 if you need to cancel. Our first question comes from the line of Christian Johansson of Danske Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Yes, uh, thank you. So in, in terms of, uh, of, of your antique, especially in, in minerals where you flag, you have gotten a, a fair share of medium-sized orders. Could you shed a bit of light on, on the pipeline when we talk about medium-sized orders, uh, and especially in regards to, to the challenges of, of getting permits, as you uh, highlight, for, for larger uh, orders? Uh, thank you, Christian. Um, the, what we saw throughout quarter two is actually quite a high activity level of uh, equipment orders and medium-sized orders, retrofits, uh, engineering orders to help customers to improve their current setup. A lot of these orders don't require a lot of uh, permits. They are an extension. They, are, they get built. They were planned years before. That's one thing. The second thing of these, some of these uh, mid-sized orders are actually tackling environmental footprint improvements too. So they are supported by the permit-giving departments or governments in the area. Then the pipeline of that, we don't see a reversed trend of these kind of orders. Um, we had a quite a good run in the second quarter. It had maybe a little bit to do with the upcoming vacation time in some of the areas where some of the clients wanted to close out order intake before going on vacation. We had a little bit of similar picture um, mid of last year. So you're saying we shouldn't necessarily expect the same magnitude of medium-sized orders in Q3 and Q4? It will be a little bit uh, volatile, but the order intake, what we see onwards, uh, forward-looking, is actually that we reached a new level, a significant higher new level now. When you look at the last four quarters now, we are on a significant higher level than the, quarter, when, than the years actually before, and we don't see any um, concern or anything that it really can drop below that. Very clear. Uh, then my second question is regarding these organizational changes and, and the cost related to that. Can you, first of all, quantify how much cost uh, do you expect in, in connection with these changes and, and what should we expect for Q3 and Q4? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, so as you see, we have no uh, reported one-off cost in the second quarter. 
Uh, we, of course, had planned some costs uh, in relation to, uh, to the reorganization, but it's all kept within the guidance. So, uh, so our plan is not to report any one-off costs in relation to this. Uh, there was, of course, a little bit into the second quarter, and we will get uh, a little bit into the third quarter. But it's all in the guidance, and, uh, and I think what you, should, uh, what, should, what you should plan in your models is that the SGNA cost for the remainder of the year is at the level of the average for the first uh, two quarters. Uh, very clear. That was all for me. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Lars Topholm of Carnegie. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, yes, a couple of questions uh, from me, please. Uh, first of all, you mentioned in the report uh, that uh, there has been mining orders that were put on hold, and now they are coming back alive. I, I wonder, I, I know you, you're not going to mention individual projects, but can you tell anything about the uh, magnitude of these orders, and can you also tell whether this should lead to an accelerating backlog to revenue conversion for mining? When I look into uh, 2019 compared to 2018, uh, then a, a second question is, uh, when you had your mini capital markets day a little over a year ago, you indicated that the incremental margin in minerals would be quite close to the, the gross margin, i.e. just below 20%. Uh, now you have seen the order build up, and, and uh, I just wonder if you can comment anything on pricing or comment on whether that assumption is still valid and something we should uh, factor, in, factor into to our models. Uh, and then a final question, which is about cement, uh, because... You and, and your Chinese colleagues have been complaining that pollutions were extremely aggressive on, on prices. Uh, Tucson announced uh, just recently that they have lost so much money on, on cement that they're now deviating from the volume strategy. Just wonder what your anticipation is for, for effect on your margins going forward. Is this a behavior change from pollution you're already seeing in the market or anything you can comment on this? Thanks. Yes. Um, at first, to the, um, the reactivation of uh, old orders or in the backlog, uh, that is, I think we announced uh, the name of that order already. No, we didn't. Then I can't. But what I can say is we see movement of one of, or some of these orders last. The reason for that is they were stalled, they were not cancelled or so, they were parked. And now when the business goes better, no matter that we have the volatility in the commodities, they get reactivated and they were already awarded to specific suppliers. So it's actually not what you can bid on. And we reactivated or we got reactivated one of these orders. The magnitude in, in the business is not big, to be honest, in if it comes to, to the full year view. The other thing regarding the pricing, you saw the company uh, Caterpillar announcing a price increase. They are very much uh, famous for that and doing that. Um, we are, of course, positive if that happens. Pricing normally happens between the closest peers in the market. Um, we don't see uh, a negative trend in pricing. We don't see that. So we have not uh, additional pricing pressure or so. But at the same time, we don't see a release of the, the, the pricing pressure, what we have in the market. We believe that will go more into next year and the year after, when more of our peers got 
uh, orders and similar order intake levels as others get, then normally this pricing pressure um, goes uh, slightly step by step away. And the last thing was with cement, uh, ThyssenKrupp, um, uh, what you call Polusius. Um, in general, we are always pleased if uh, peers in the market announce that they work more on a, pr a price increase than on a volume, a pure volume increase for any cost. That is, of course, what we take positively. Thomas, on the incremental margin in minerals, which you previously indicated could, could be close to 20%, is that still a reasonable assumption? <clears throat> when, we, uh, when we plan ahead, uh, Lars, it's, uh, it's very close to what we've had in, uh, in the past, so, uh, so slightly below 20%. That would be where I would m model it. Perfect. Very clear. Thank you for answering my questions. Thank you, Lars. Thank you. Our next question comes from Jonathan Hanks of Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Lars. Uh, firstly, I just wanted to clarify then, just on, on minerals gross margins this quarter, if you take out the impact of um, the, I think it was a, uh, a customer project, finalizing a customer project, were the gross margins in line with what you've had over the past few quarters, i.e. between 18 and 19%? Yes. Very close to. Great. So it's, uh, it explains the majority of uh, the variation, but there are some small, uh, some small mix effects in between, but, uh, but it is a, a very substantial part of it. Brilliant. And then I suppose uh, just more broadly, it'd be just interesting to hear what your kind of mining customers have been saying about recent copper price volatility. It certainly seems like you're not seeing any impact in your order intake or even it seems like quotation, sounds like quotation activity is pretty good. If you could help us understand a little bit how your customers think about it, that'd be, that'd be great. Yes, um, I make it like that. The, uh, you saw on the commodity prices in the last few months actually a drop. For most of the commodities, um, copper, for example, 15%. Um, what we hear out in the market is, uh, of course, a lot of talk on the customer side about it, which should, um, if you only would supply service and equipment and, and projects uh, as much as you would like to do it, which should concern. But there is another element in that talk, what we hear from the customer, because they are not telling us we will not buy something. What they tell us is come over and help us and to get with a lower commodity price a higher return. And that is what we call productivity improvement. Actually, um, the situation where we are in is that most of our customers are really talking about which kind of added value can you give to us in form of a service or wear parts, spare parts, equipment, no matter what it is, so that we can tackle with a permanent good cash flow and good income this volatility of the commodity uh, commodities, what we see. And digitalization plays into that. Automation digitalization plays into it. Because not only that we have um, on the mine sites where you ought by geology and by the business a volatility what you get into your mineral processing plant, you have, of course, quite a high volatility out in the market. And whatever you can deliver to them in any form to balance that more out, to predict that better, is very positively seen, and that is what they invest. And to finalize that... Um, more or less everything what we sell today is productivity improvement related. Okay, thank you, Thomas. Very clear. Thank you.
Our next question comes from the line of Klaus Altmer of Ordinordia. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Yeah, also a question from my side. In the Q2 report, it is mentioned that you do see a few greenfield projects in, in the pipeline. Is it possible to give an indication when these projects' potential could turn to a firm order? Um, hi, Klaus. The, what we, uh, the normal way of greenfield orders is they start with a feasibility study, or at first the board allows to spend money for greenfield. We hear that quite a lot out of boards, that there is more money available. The second phase is to go in feasibility studies before they go out and ask for quotations. We see quite a few feasibility studies out in the field. We see quite a lot of talk about it. That is in itself positive. And we see that the pipeline, what we see mid midterm in front of us, gets filled up with more greenfield demand. When that drops into our order intake or in the supplier's order intake, it's very difficult to predict. Um, there is a, a rule of thumb when you look into the mining industry versus greenfield. When you come out of the trough, it starts slow, and each year it gets more. So we had only one real greenfield this year which came into order intake, and that was the uh, the order what we announced in quarter one. There are more in the pipeline, but when they drop in, if it's 18, mid of 19, end of 19, it's very difficult to predict. But it definitely looks better. Okay, thanks. And so I'm just on a second question regarding the cement division. I think you're quoted saying that if you achieve in signing two orders uh, this year, then you, your target will be met. Um, is that the, the one uh, you, you announced the other day? Uh, and what's the likelihood of, of, you know, this will actually turn to a, a firm order uh, in 2018? Yeah, that uh, first come was a pure mathematical one because we announced that the order is relatively, the both orders are relatively big and they will definitely bring us in cement uh, in a very good position regarding the order intake for the year. But they are undersigned the contracts and what is, um, as we wrote it in the text, because we have to announce it, I have to say that, when we undersign such a firm contract, we have to go public, and we undersigned it on Saturday morning, then um, uh, we went immediately public with it. When it drops in, is uh, difficult to say. We expect it to drop in in the next few months, but it's difficult to predict because the customer would like to have it, we, of course, would like to have it, but, of course, there are banks and so on behind who have a say, too. And that's very difficult for customer and for us to predict. Okay, and then just the final question, which both goes to cement and the mining uh, sector. Uh, when it comes to financing, do you see a different uh, environment to get financing of these uh, larger projects? No, actually, actually not. We see if it comes to financing and mining, that's not that big, uh, that big item. Um, you saw in the, in the presentation deck what, uh, what I, what I showed regarding, uh, innovation that we offer now a different, uh, uh, payment model. We can do that for fast realizing, um, offerings and added values, what we have in the mining industry. But in general, in mining, we don't see that. In, in the cement industry, 
Um, of course, that um, comes from time to time regarding financing. And you saw that we renewed our, um, yes, we have to say strong relationship with CNBM uh, in China just a few weeks ago. And that gives us, of course, in the cement industry, a uh, kind of positive uh, angle too. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Klaus Kell of Nicorette Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Yes, hello, and two questions from uh, from my side. Um, first of all, um, could you give us an update on the um, discontinued operations and uh, when you would expect to have a uh, uh, this uh, yeah, finalized? And secondly, um, what would you expect the networking capital to be end end of this year? Should we still uh, expect it to be in the range of, uh, of yeah, slightly below 10% or has uh, something uh, yeah, changed following Q2? That would be my two questions. Yeah, the bike material handling sale is in the final stage. Um, if I can compare it, uh, because we have the European Championship on athletics with a 100-meter race, we are roughly on meter 95. Um, and we will, in the near term, there we expect to have the, finding, uh, the, the final uh, closing undersigning, as if everything goes as we predicted. So we are close to finalizing that. If it comes to the networking capital, last. <coughs> if you yeah. So, uh, so in networking capital, I mean, we had an increase in uh, in the second quarter. Uh, none of them were really uh, problem related. So, uh, so everything was due to ordinary course of business. Uh, and we will do everything we can to get it uh, down to the 10% at the end of the year. Uh, of course, it takes a little bit of, uh, of, uh, of luck, and there is some volatility in working capital, but, uh, but 10% is definitely what we will be working towards. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from a line of Antti Konsonen of DMB Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, it's uh, Ante from DMB. Thanks for uh, taking my questions. A few questions regarding the uh, cement capital and the uh, revenue trends going into 2019. Uh, could you provide a little bit color on how much of the uh, cement capital backlog that you have currently you expect to deliver in, in this year, next year, and, and, and 20 and beyond as you do on, on a group level? Uh, that would be my uh, first question. And secondly, on the uh, larger uh, orders that you announced over the weekend, what is kind of the... Uh, hurdle that has to be cleared before the prepayments come from the customer side? And would these, uh, if, you, if we assume that you will close them in the uh, coming couple of months, would these uh, generate uh, significant revenue in, in, in 2019 already? And maybe thirdly, the uh, framework agreement that was uh, referenced with CNBM, is, is that something that could uh, be a positive uh, revenue growth driver for, for 19 and 20? Thanks. Yeah, let me start. Uh, I take that with um, when this uh, announced order in on Saturday, when will that get into uh, order intake and then with that into uh, revenue. If orders are on that large magnitude, uh, it takes up to 24 months, uh, between 12, 18 months to 24 months that you really see a big effect in the revenue of these kind of orders. That's based on the nature of these orders because at first the construction and so on has to get built and that takes simply a while. And then we can start to deliver our equipment and when, it, when it's there, then uh, we start to see revenue coming in before it's only the engineering part. Um, if we 
um, as I said before, what is the time when it can drop in and what is really what, um, what are the elements in it? The elements in it is not the customer. It's not the willingness that the contract is undersigned. There are clear targets in it. Uh, what we have to deliver, we can actually run. We are well prepared for taking these kind of orders in the existing structure. But of course, there are uh, negotiations and agreements with the banks when they release the money. And only if we get the advanced payment into our account and we have it, that is then the starting point where we move the first time anyone to work on that order. That's very important. And that is difficult to say um, when the banks are uh, doing that. Normally they need board meetings and so on and again a talk with the client. And then they decide when the, when the timing will be. And we will hear in the next few weeks and months uh, if it happens fairly quick or when they intend to, to, to let it happen. So it's difficult to predict. Then um, back to um, regarding cement yeah. into uh, order so conversion. So the question about how much of the cement backlog will be converting into revenue in the second half of the year, uh, our expectation is that we will have a, a flatish to slightly decreased, uh, decreasing revenue in, uh, in cement as we go through the second half of the year. So Less than, less than half of the backlog will con convert into revenue in, in the second half. Then the CNBM thing. Um, CNBM is a huge company, a huge uh, construction and building material company. They are actually the owner of Sinoma, uh, a partner, a peer in the cement industry. And um, uh, it already delivers to us that partnership uh, revenue and profit and so on because we deliver uh, equipment into uh, Sinoma. We uh, flag that uh, for quite a while that we are working with our peers in, in all different angles. That's the advantage of our business model. And, of course, to work with the construction and building material part of CNBM um, there we look, uh, when we go for EPC contracts, there we, of course, have them from time to time as a partner for the C part, what we always subcontract. All right, thanks, very clear. Uh, if I may follow up on, on the mining side and on the uh, supplier, supplier issues, your Finnish competitors both have uh, flagged a little bit of constraints on the uh, supplier network, which is something that you haven't really talked about. Now you mentioned that you have acquired a one foundry. Is that something that we could uh, see more to ensure enough supply chain? And what do you think that uh, is the difference that you haven't uh, faced these uh, supplier constraints as much as your competitors now in, as the uh, demand has uh, picked up in mining quite significantly? Thanks. So first, uh, first regarding the foundry. The foundry has been a foundry that we have been operating for the last many years and is part of our uh, Excel business in uh, in North America. It was on a lease, and uh, and we uh, we uh, the lease came to an end, and we decided that uh, this kind of asset should really sit on the balance sheet. So we we bought it and put it back on the balance sheet. Uh, so no no new uh, capacity coming out of uh, of that. Regarding uh, supply constraints, uh, we are not experiencing supply constraints uh, yet with uh, with in mining. So uh, so it's not a big topic for us at this point in time. And not in cement too. We have no supply constraints. You know that we were working quite a lot over the last few years on value engineering and um, on getting our procurement faster, what we actually call forecast to cash. And we see 
actually since several quarters quite a positive outcome of that. All right, thank you. That's all from me. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. And we have a follow-up question from Lars Topholm of Carnegie. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, thank you. I apologize if the question is a bit geeky, but the copper project you see, uh, can you say anything about the distribution between projects producing copper oxides and projects producing copper sulfides? And uh, can you explain how your technology matches each of, of these two uh, copper ore types? Thanks. Oh, thank you, Lars. As a mineral processing engineer, um that's what I like. Um, we have technologies for both kind of, of uh, copper, uh, to make it like that. Um, you know that uh, one of the inventions what we brought was the ROL, um, and we, we are using, or we are trying to test that actually on both kind of ores, um, no matter how the, the naming is, because you never know what you uh, can get positive out of it. Um, we have no issue regarding the, uh, the ore kind where we can quote to make it like this. We did a lot of R&D, we did a lot of uh, new inventions, and we mix or we set up equipment what we have in-house in a different in different schemes to be a quite good technology provider into both. And is a competitive environment the same in, uh, within both all types? No, they are, of course, in, uh, um, you have differences. Some, some of the suppliers are coming more out of that type of ore and others more out of that type. Um, in general, what we have with our, what we call process line, uh, global process line managers, we are matching actually all these lines uh, quite well. Um, but, of course, we have in one part a higher or longer reference list than in another part. And when you have a longer reference list, it's easier um, to quote and to, to have a market-leading function. But we decided actually uh, roughly three years ago to focus very much on that where we didn't have such a long reference list to prepare that. And we see that we got actually orders in quarter two, two I have to say, where uh, we didn't have a chance uh, before to get in and to, to capture orders. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Once again, if there are any further questions, please dial zero one on your telephone keypads now. As there are no further questions at this time, I'll hand back to our speakers for the closing comments. Thank you very much for the participants here in Welby as well as around the world. Um, I wish you a safe trip wherever you go. See you soon. Bye.